0: Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get your free audiobook download and a 30 day free trial at audibletrial.com forward slash necessary blackness. There are over 180,000 titles to choose from. You can access it from your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. I would like to give thanks to the ancestors known and unknown, those who have paved the way. For us to survive this moment of time and to have a reference point to use as a blueprint to deal with these hellish times we are living in. I would also like to give honor and reverence to the woman of the universe for your superior work, for bringing forth the spiritual information through the triple stage of darkness of your womb and giving birth to God. We would like to give reverence to the universe and praises to the indigenous. My name is Raheem Shabazz, and this
1: is Necessary Blackness Podcast. Necessary Blackness Podcast, every Wednesday at 6 p.m. with award-winning journalist and filmmaker Raheem Shabazz. This podcast is only for those who are unapologetic, Because the mind of the conscious man or woman recognizes no monopoly on truth Truth is relative and always to be sought Yo, check out the award-winning docu-series Elementary Genocide This docu-series provides a critical expose Of mass incarceration The war on drugs And the connection between slavery, capitalism And the prison industrial complex This docu-series features Dr. Umar Johnson Dr. Boyce Watkins Dr. Francis Cress Welsing Killer Mike David Banner, Professor James Small, Kaba Kamene, and so many other people. Check out Elementary Genocide, The School to Prison Pipeline, Elementary Genocide 2, The Board of Education versus The Board of Incarceration, and the latest installment, Elementary Genocide 3, The Academic Holocaust. It's all available now at elementarygenocide.com. Tune in for the drop.
2: I am Dr. Kira Taylor. And when I'm tired of listening to fake news, I will listen to some real news and I will check into the Necessary Blackness podcast with my friend Raheem Shabazz.
1: Raheem Shabazz is one of my guys from way back and you're now listening to his show, Necessary Blackness podcast. Stay tuned.
2: This is cool of Cultivated Roots Media, and I choose to tune in to Necessary Blackness because staying connected to my blackness is very necessary.
1: Yo, that's what I'm talking about, man. You'll hear it here first. Now our feature presentation.
0: Peace and black power family. This is your host Raheem Shabazz and we are here for another episode of Necessary Blackness podcast. And in this segment, we're going to speak with an up and coming filmmaker named Santos Moss. And he has a very riveting documentary called Moving Forward, past, presence and the future of black America. And he's from tuscaloosa alabama let's welcome him to the necessary blackness podcast santos how are you my brother
1: man i am good and much love to you brother
0: raheem i appreciate that you coming by and to stop in and speak to us about your documentary now real quickly tell everybody what is the concept behind moving forward
1: Okay, before I get off to the concept, let me just say thank you for you sharing your platform with me and allowing me to come on my show to talk about the film and Past, Present, and the Future of Black America. This film right here is very in-depth and it's captivating and it's dealing with the social climate that we are currently in right now as it relates to a lot of the social ills that we deal with as black people because a lot of times whenever we get to talking about the things that directly affect us or the things that's going wrong in our community, the conversation always seems to go back, what's wrong with black people because they want better for themselves. So in this film, we deal with the sins of the medical industry. We talk about the food industry. We talk about white supremacy. And we also deal with why is there a divide between black Africans and the Africans in America. So we want to talk about these things so that we can have an open and honest conversation so that we can reach a point of healing and renewal.
0: That is definitely something that we need as a black community, um, healing and renewal. And we also need to speak about those social issues that you just mentioned, whether it's medical apartheid, whether it's mass incarceration, and some of the ills that are affecting us. So my next question to you is, what would you like the viewers to walk away with after viewing moving forward, past, present, and the future of black America?
1: Awareness, sense of, of black pride, and pride in themselves. And also having a sense of boldness to really hit a lot of these issues head on that directly affect us. Because when we sit and we have these conversations about Things that are directly related to us. It's like a lot of times we are ashamed to really say what need to be said. Mm-hmm. And, it's, and, and mostly, I'm just going to be straightforward. I'm not sure what's the what's the language tone of this radio station. No, nah, <laughs> so, we're
0: so, we not governed by FCC. We don't accept corporate donations. So we free to say what the fuck we want.
1: All right, that's what I want to hear then. A lot of times we're too worried about white comfortability. And when, it, and when you're talking about a lot of these social, years, see, I'm a social justice warrior. See, I'm not afraid to get out here to put myself on the front line and talk about these things, but it's like when our people see that things directly affect them, and then we're on the front line, like me, yourself, and other people who are social justice warriors, it's like, we are targeted, mostly by our own kind. And that's because we want things to go better for our community. And we start to do a lot of kingdom building and then doing a, being the repairers of the breach. So I want our people and those also who want to help out with the ills of the black community to really try to put forth the effort to come together in unity so that we can have better for ourselves. We need that. We definitely need that.
0: Now, as a documentary filmmaker myself, I can tell you firsthand that this is no easy fate. This is not a walk in the park. This is something that is very strenuous, and I know that it hasn't been easy putting out a film of this magnitude. What were some of the hardships that you might encounter while working on this film?
1: Oh, man, where can I start from? First of all, you know, finances. You know, you got to invest in yourself before you can get somebody to invest in you just to show that you believe in the work that you do and then getting people to stay dedicated to the work because Mm -hmm. I started off with a team at first and as the documentary progressed and it went on through the years because it took me like three, almost three years to get this film completed. Mm -hmm. And you know, it was because of getting the B-roll um, doing the research, making sure that you got the right information, all your I's are dotted, your T's are crossed, you know, and, 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 and those things take time. And then what we have here, Brother Shabazz, a lot of people do not want to do that groundwork. They don't want to do that grunt Absolutely. work. What they do that, that You know what I'm talking about, that foundational work. Yeah, yeah. But now when it comes to the turn up, When it's time to pop the bottles, when it's time to go to the screenings, when it's time to get on the red carpet, everybody want to be around you. Uh, But see, yeah, all of the the grunt work, you know, I went through like two or three teams of people, and I think that was the most challenging thing to find people who can be dedicated to the vision that you have for your film and really being, putting it all all into And I see all the sweat, the blood, the tears, the sleepless nights and doing all the things that really... Doing, it, do, doing whatever it takes to get the film completed. That was the hardest task for me. And you talked about
0: vision. And I tell people all the time that we must follow the vision and trust the process. And you didn't have people that trust the process while you was in the process of making that documentary. But now that it's done, brother, I congratulate you. And I take my hat off to you because I know Thank you. the grunt work that was put into making a documentary of this magnitude. So my last and final question is, there's going to be individuals that want to go and view this documentary. Some of them are going to want to purchase it. Where can they go to find your documentary?
1: Okay, you can go to htl and click on the products tab, and there you can find where we have posters, t-shirts, and a DVD available. And also we have um, physical copies and a digital download available for the DVD. And for those who want to follow me on social media, you can follow me at on Instagram at the real Mr. Santo and also on Facebook under Santo Mouse.
0: All right, you heard it right here first, ladies and gentlemen. This is Necessary Blackness Podcast, and I am your host, Raheem Shabazz. And I want to thank you, Santos Moss, for coming through. And we will continue on with our next segment of this podcast. Stay tuned. We'll be back after we take this quick commercial break. Peace.
2: Persons interested in broadcasting a commercial can reach us via email at NecessaryBlacknessPodcast at gmail.com. Necessary Blackness is distributed on all major podcast platforms. iTunes, Stitcher, iHeart, SoundCloud, Podomatic, and Google Play. We'll also promote your business and products across our various social media networks, reaching over 100,000 people daily.
0: Peace and black power family, this is your host Raheem Shabazz, and we are here for another episode of Necessary Blackness Podcast, and I have a special guest in the building, and she is not a stranger to the Necessary Blackness Podcast, and her name is Kiyomi, and many of y'all may know her for the Ujamaa Fest, last year she was on here talking about the Ujamaa Fest. And this year is back again. This is an annual fest, and this is actually the eighth year. Now, I heard that once something happens for 10 years in a row, <laughs> it becomes an institution. Have mm-hmm. you heard of that?
2: Well, I did not hear that. All and right. And that's something really good to hear because our other business – the Good Hair Shop, uh, we just celebrated 10 years. Oh, wow. Uh, this year. So that means that the Good Hair Shop is an institution. institution. yep. That's good, that's it's good. It's an
0: institution that's run by a family yes. and that benefits the community. Now, before we get into speaking about the community and everything you got going on, um, you mentioned the Good Hair Shop. Yes. And I happened to go in there uh 2 weeks ago
2: mm-hmm. and um
0: mm-hmm. you know when a couple of individuals y'all was in there and y'all was talking about voting mm-hmm. and um y'all was talking about my 100% of my
2: vote block uh votes Say
0: how, how go? <laughs> 100% come? of my block votes 100% of my block votes I like that What is that whole organization and concept about and how you was involved in that?
2: So it was a community initiative for people to be black leaders in a sense. Mm. Um, And we were responsible for going to every single person on our block to ensure that they were actually uh, registered to vote. Uh, to make sure that they had not been purged from the voting list, mm-hmm. uh, to make sure they were aware of the early uh, voting polls, um, and basically just to kind of answer any questions that a person may have on our block uh, for uh, voting. Um, And so we did that because this past election here in Georgia was a very critical race when it came to the governor's race. Oh, tell me about it. Yes. And so uh, we had Sister Stacey Abrams um, running, and I think she put in an extraordinary fight. But there was also a lot of voter um, suppression that happened. Um, So I think... Uh, in the past, we've kind of had ideas or inklings about voter suppression. This year, it was so intentional because the state of Georgia was about to turn blue, I think, it was going to go back to being mm-hmm. um, uh, been run by a Democratic governor versus a Republican governor. And so um, the initiative was for us to really take one block at a time to ensure voting because we know it starts at a local level.
0: Yeah, and I think y'all was very successful in doing that. And I think Stacey Abrams was successful as well. She was. She was. And her ground game was crazy because so many people was out canvassing the neighborhood, Mm -hmm. getting individuals Mm -hmm. to vote. And you actually seen it on election day when you seen the masses of people come out. Mm -hmm. And not only that, the millions, y'all heard me, I said millions of people that actually voted earlier now everybody that listened to my last podcast you already know what happened to me with the voter suppression yes yes you will see the video online you also can check out finding justice mm-hmm. and it's uh executive produced by Dwayne the rock johnson and it's talking about voter suppression and um they have me in there from what i'm hearing me and uh, Killer Mike is in there the majority of the time. Nice. So I- I'm looking forward to that. But let's continue on with the community. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about this Ujamaa Fest. Yes. When it's happening, why it's happening. And this is the eighth year. And every year, y'all have a theme. Yes. I want to know what this year theme is. And why
2: should the Necessary Blackness podcast family come out and support this? The theme this year is the Black Currency Exchange. Uh, The exchange of currency. There's a statement that uh, money in our community doesn't really stay in it for a very long time. So that exchange of currency is this very uh, short thing that allegedly a lot of people say that happens. Um, I kind of want to counter that because I know that there's a lot of us that are... um, consistently supporting black owned businesses. Uh, We're not waiting for a corporation to have an event and then we all of a sudden try and boycott that business. There are a lot of us that are consistently supporting black owned businesses and we wanted to try and uh, one, we know there's some energy in that currency, there's power in that exchange. Uh, And so we put the words, the black currency exchange because we want to be intentional about what we mean in terms of the exchange of that currency in our community. Black dollars matter and yes. keeping that black dollar in our community. Yes. And you know,
0: I always tell our people is that we have to be entrepreneurs. Yes. We have to control the resources in our own community, and we have to stop wearing poverty as a badge of honor. Yes. And I we got to understand, like you said, currency, and we got to understand the alchemy of making bread. You got to have dough. So you got
2: to have this currency
0: in order to make pivotal business moves.
2: And who you give your money to is who you are empowering. Absolutely. So you are consciously making a decision to give money, give your power to a business or a corporation or a company that does not support your community or not supporting people that look like you. uh, You know, there's just a lot that be said. There's a choice that you can make. Um, And I know a lot of people talk about that there are – Uh, It's hard to find, you know, black businesses. um, You know, it's hard to find black businesses for your services or your product. Uh, I kind of counter that because I do feel like for every single product or service that I'm intentional of making sure that a black or a brown person uh, is on that receiving end of the money, I'm able to find that.
0: Oh yeah, there's directories that you can go to, and it lists nothing but black businesses. Yeah. Now you talk about. giving and receiving money. Yes. And every year, you actually give out money we where you have the economic heritage, small business pitch. We do. And last year, um, the sister, Nelijah, mm-hmm. mm-hmm, she won, and I, I, I was honored to see her win because yes. I know what she do in the community with her store. And I just seen that she has... The, um, what do you
2: call The it? awning. The awning. The awning. Yes. The sign yes.
0: for her new business. Yes. So you can see the wheels in mm-hmm. motion. You can mm-hmm. see that the money that she won was put to a good cause. Yeah. So this year, mm-hmm. what is going to be like? What are you looking for? And how can I, the deadline already passed?
2: So the deadline has already passed for that. However, um, the idea, the focus, we came up with this idea to be able to uh, fight displacement in our community. Mm. Um, so for your listeners who are not familiar with Atlanta, Atlanta, as black as it is, um, is a very beautiful, unique space. Um, but also there is some changing of uh, the outlook a little bit, a changing of the horizon, I would say. Um, gentrification is happening. There's a lot of displacement um, and marginalized black communities um, are at risk. Absolutely. So, black business owners, especially the mom and pop business owners who probably have had uh, handshake leases doing month to month, are at most risk. Uh, And so as business owners, as community people, Mark and I, which is my husband, we wanted to kind of figure out what could we do beyond just being um, an armchair activist. Mm -hmm. Um, And we do know for small business owners, um, even if somebody said I'm paying your rent for the month, right? Mm -hmm. That is a make it or break it for a family. That's a make it or break it for a business owner. That's a make it or break it for me. Yes. So we pulled together a thousand dollars for us to be able to uh, do our own kind of community hood version of Shark Tank. Mm. Um, so a business person, um, last year we had three, uh, stood before a group of community, uh, people from the community. So there were mm. people from uh, the business community, um, such as Invest Atlanta, from City of Atlanta, but we also had neighborhood community folks. There was a president of the West End Merchant Association. Mm. Um, and then there was a regular community person that is living in the community of Where these business owners have come from. And so we want this fund to be able to grow. We want it to be hopefully that it's not something that we can sustain a Black owned business owner for uh, just doing a job with us. Mm -hmm. Um, Hopefully it could grow, or what we'll be intentional about. Is making it so that it's not a band aid of just doing a thousand dollars for the pitch, but we could get it so that we could help someone maybe get a building um, um, and actually sustain them longer than just a band aid of just renting. See, that's when I'm gonna throw my hat in there. I ain't yes, lie. If,
0: you, if you can get me a building,
2: yeah, man,
0: Tyler Perry,
2: you better watch out. But that's what our class is about. The financial literacy classes that we have are specifically for you to be more empowered as a black-owned business owner. Um our approach for Ujamaa Fest is your success is our success. Absolutely. So there's that orientation I that am we do. Yes. Um we have the vendor orientation, the classes that we do. Uh our festival director um is phenomenal. Um and so the, What's infra- the vendors
0: orientation.
2: So the vendor orientation is not only a platform for us to connect with the vendors that are in the small business marketplace mm-hmm. and we're kind of going over um You know, the layout, the schematic. But last year, we actually included vendor tips, how to display, how to transport your items from your vehicle to the load-in dock in a very efficient manner. Yeah. So we actually-
0: I don't mean to cut you off, but let let, (laughs) let
2: me tell y'all something, right? Yes.
0: I was a vendor last year, and that was the most professional, you hear me? Yes. That I ever seen this thing done. Yeah. Like, I'm talking about, they call you- Yeah. Are you in route? When yeah. when when you get there, there's someone outside with a clipboard. Yeah. Oh, you situated at such and such such and such. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You go. Your name is on the floor. Yeah. Somebody comes by, asks you if you need any more seats.
2: Yeah. So, like it, it, it. was. But totally that's so that you could be successful, right? Yeah. Because if you're not worrying about where you're gonna park your car, if you're not worried a lot about um, how you're gonna load in, you are able to have a a kind of a nice a uh, peaceful set a tranquil set of mind that mm-hmm. you can start your day. And I think one of the things that we've known from vending all of these years, there are some areas that we could kind of tweak it. Um, and even beyond that, just knowing that the information that we were giving in the vendor orientation was not just for the Ujama Fest, but just for you being a vendor. We had yeah. people who were, that was their launch of their first, of their business. So oh, that was okay. their first time vending. Um, as well as we would have what I call the micro mom um, entrepreneurs who were, you know, sisters who just maybe had a cupcake business. She was running out of her house. Yeah. So there was information that we did about, um, you know, having your PayPal set up. So it was a, overall, it was the, fina- the a financial literacy standpoint from a vendor standpoint. Um, but then also even just the panel discussions that we had last year are geared towards uh, you being a business owner. This year we're adding the component of... Um, Home buying, that's a part of your legacy. That's a part of your generational wealth. That's something that our community struggles in sometimes in getting from, having that pathway from renting a home to ownership. Uh, And also during that piece of the home buying clinic, there'll be some conversation about what do you do with your estates? What do you do with your wills? What do you do with your trust? Just down to basic life insurance. Yeah, you know what? I know it was a lot going
0: on. Yes. But I missed so much of that because I was vending. Yes. And now you're saying this, I'm like, you know what? Gonna We're going to get you on the panel this table. year. Yeah. Yeah, but somebody's going to have to sit at my table this yes. year because I need to walk around. Yeah. I need to be absorbed into everything because I was seeing a lot of stuff from afar, yeah. but I didn't want to get up, leave my table, <laughs> a lot of money floating around. Yeah. And it was like, yeah. I was. everybody was coming around, so you was going to see people.
2: And we think of everybody. Last year, we offered a youth coding class that was free. I remember that. So that was absolutely free because we do understand that digital component these babies that are coming um, after us are phenomenal. They're brilliant, oh, yeah. right? Absolutely. So um, we added that piece. And everything that we did um, is free. We don't want money to be a holdup um, for you coming in and getting some of this love, some of this knowledge. Um, so it's a free event. You that know what is, else is
0: free? Yes. Y'all allow individuals to bring their children in. Yes. And y'all had a children's section. Yes. With the sister, I
2: seen a sister Okua over there yes. reading. Yes, storytelling.
0: Yes. Yeah, so that that was uh, Kids Arts
2: and Crafts. Michaela um, from Unspoken Word Design, she has been with us from the very beginning. Okay. Um, and so there are interactive art activities um, that are happening um, that it's completely free.
0: And then the martial arts. And then the martial arts. That was arts. phenomenal. Yes, yes. I, I, I like that. i seen the young brothers doing the drills and that's one of the things that we yeah. got to have. We talk about, you know, being economically viable mm-hmm. and controlling mm-hmm. the resources mm-hmm. in our community. Yeah. But you better know how to fight to yes. maintain yes. those resources because the colonizer will come and take it.
2: <laughs> and um, Brother Stephen Muhammad from the Black Karate Federation um, and... Um, I may be wrong, but it's my understanding that he is the only person that's ever uh, actually fought in one against Bruce Lee. Oh wow! So that's Brother Stephen Muhammad. He was and, the older brother. That and he was, was there? he was there last year. Yes.
0: Yeah, you see that <laughs> history—the man that you said he fought him or he beat him. He beat him. Yes. Oh, he beat. Yes, see. Yes. Yes. You can't tell me the black man ain't God.
2: And we do have an emphasis on the intergenerational piece Mm -hmm. Uh, our drummers last year we specifically chose youth drummers so we actually had Inzuri Drummers that is a youth led all drum group um, full of entrepreneurs and their ages range from I think 8 to about 13 yeah, but our drumming circle too. was led by the youth last year yeah. and so we got a couple of things that we're trying to do this year with the emphasis on that intergenerational piece uh, we are doing um, an award this year called the Economic Heritage uh, Legacy Award and we're going to award that
0: from the pitch yes
2: yeah, so an award What's this the year thing? the Legacy Award is we're going to award that to Lonnie Sabor. Lonnie Sabor. Uh, is the small business, um, I think, economic manager from Invest Atlanta. Uh, and he's been there for 39 years. Oh, so wow. for 39 years, he has been instrumental in making sure that black business owners had access to this capital, oh. access to this funding. And so he's a living legend that anyone that, if you see him at Ujamaa Fest, you need to grab that man and ask for 10 minutes. Well, you need to introduce me to him. I will, I will. And what we do, he's always around. But when you all hear us say Lonnie Sabor, you need to grab 10 minutes. Okay, okay, okay. And another thing that they do,
0: vendors, they have someone come around with a microphone, and they give you a chance to introduce yourself to yeah. everybody that's in attendance.
2: Yes. That so business is spotlight. There, is there still vending available? So, that is real snug. All right, I would this let... is what we're going to do. <laughs> we're
0: going to take a quick commercial break, and when yes. we come back, she's going to let us know if vending is still available. It might yes. not be, because <laughs> they do sell out, Yes, and- they're not letting just any and anybody vent. You know, like if you come in and, you know, your T-shirts was made in China <laughs> or your candles was made in China. That is
2: correct. That you is might correct. not be able to <laughs> that vent is there. Correct. But that we're going to talk
0: about that more. This is Raheem Shabazz with Necessary Blackness Podcast. And I am sitting here with Kiyomi. That is right. Of the Ujamaa Festival and my man, Mark, whose phone is going off.
2: Let's <laughs> head him around. Because
0: we busy out here. Peace and black power, family. <laughs> Necessary Blackness Podcast. Don't accept sponsorship from third-party corporations or influencers. We are supported by the people. If you are an avid listener of the podcast, consider donating to our cause. Go to elementarygenocide.com and click on the donation link
2: elementary genocide provides a critical expose of mass incarceration the war on drugs and the connection between slavery capitalism and the prison industrial complex visit our website at www.elementarygenocide.com now available elementary genocide the school to prison pipeline elementary genocide 2 the board of education versus the board of incarceration and the newest release Elementary Genocide 3, Academic Holocaust. Log on today to purchase your very own three-set docuseries.
0: Peace and power, Black family. This is your host, Raheem Shabazz, and we are back from our quick commercial break. And for those that are just joining me, this is Necessary Blackness Podcast, and I am sitting here with Kiyomi of the Ujama Fest and many of y'all know her from the Good Hair Shop. I ain't even got no hair and I know about the Good Hair Shop, so I know y'all know and if y'all don't know, y'all need to go visit the sister. Now, before we was leaving and we went to our quick commercial break, we was talking about the Convetted Ujama Fest and was there any vendor space available? But you know what? I'm not even gonna let her answer that right now Cause y'all gonna have to stick around to find out if y'all gonna be able to vend or not, and if you ain't able to vend, you better get on the waiting list for next year. Yes. So the question I do want to ask you is, what are some of the challenges of being a black business owner? Like, what are some of the challenges a lot of black business owners um, encounter? And what are some of the things that they can do to maybe counteract that stigma about being a black business owner and it's so hard? Yeah. And you always hear the uh, failure rate, you mm-hmm. know, like so many businesses fail within the first four years. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. seldom mm-hmm. is there any success stories told.
2: Well, I think, well, a couple of things. I think some of the challenges about being a, black owned business owner are very similar to our, uh, folks that's not black. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I Absolutely. think, um, and I think that failure rate is, uh, probably the same. I would say it's just, I think sometimes there's more of a spotlight in our community. Mm-hmm. Um, when we fail, um, I think, uh, challenges for, um, black business owners is one, what is your identity when you approach your business? Um, mm. Black business owners are challenged with how are you authentically yourself? Um, I think there's a thought with some uh, black business owners that you can't really identify as black. They don't want people to know that they're a black business. I hate that. Um, yeah, me too. Me too. Me yeah. too. Um, and I think right there, that's a challenge if you can't authentically be yourself yourself. Uh, you're always forever going to be challenged with your brand and your consumer base. Um, So I think that's one, I think two um, access to capital, a lot of black businesses just start with a couple of months savings. If that, Um, we unfortunately don't have the benefit of having, um, you know, something that was passed down to us Uh, legacy. 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 Yep. We don't have an inheritance that we could just, you know, grab and uh, I watch um, the profit a lot. And on the profit, you okay. hear people when they're doing their startup, yeah. and the startup is like, oh, yeah, well, my dad gave me $70,000, and my friend gave me another $100,000. Um, black folks really don't have that's not their origin story a lot. But we
0: got the Heritage Fund.
2: We got the Heritage Fund. All yes, right. we yes. Got the yes. Fund. So, so we I think. have it. Yes. It's challenged challenge for the access of capital, um, and as well as if you are a community based business. Um, you're doing a lot more beyond your regular Mm -hmm. day-to-day. And I also think that most of us start our business as kind of social entrepreneurs, meaning that... We are really taking care of and investing in um, our community beyond our shop doors. That's right. Um, And I also think um, when you are a community business or a black-owned business, uh, it's a challenge sometimes to kind of get out of that rut, to continue the education, to stay on that curve. So whatever the category of your business, whether it it might be the restaurant business, it might be retail, Mm -hmm. you're so busy grinding that. Sometimes your competitors have that advantage because they were able to continue their education. Um, and then also there's this belief that our customers um, come through the door sometimes, unfortunately, with this idea that a black business has to jump through 15, 30 hoops huh. just to be able to accommodate them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, the same energy that they're receiving in Walmart or bad customer service, or if you go to um, a Chinese restaurant in the hood and you have to exchange your money through a bulletproof Poof. glass, yeah. right? That's bad customer service. Yeah, and you still continue customer. to go. So, I think what happens is um, when you have a bad experience at um, a black business, sometimes consumers just immediately say, Oh, I'm done, instead yeah. of allowing and that it's black business. Uh, yes. And they don't allow that black. I always say, if you have um, a bad service or a bad experience at any of our events or our business, um, give me the opportunity to get it right mm-hmm. for you first. Um, but also, um, I want you to have that same energy when you stand in that long line at Walmart. Mm -hmm. When you go into the Asian beauty supply store and they don't even talk to you, right? Um, When they demand that you have to spend a certain amount of money before you even use your credit card, right? Um, And you continue to go. So I know that's a whole nother thing in terms of working on our relationships, um, but I think that's a hard part. And I definitely could say having a retail space for 10 years and dealing with, um, our customers and a lot of our customers are phenomenal. There's a small percentage that are challenging. And the average business owner may not be really uh prepared to deal with all of that.
0: You know? Yeah, but when you have that small percent yeah. that's challenging, but the overall a good customer yes. it, it kind of, you know, makes you start oh, to most do definitely. what you do. Most definitely. Most, most definitely. I wanna talk about when we was talking, when, when you mentioned it earlier, where you was talking about how people expect black business to be different than any other business mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. expect more from us. Yes. That shouldn't be the case. It, it shouldn't should, be the it case. It should never be the case. You know, as, as, a, as a black business, you're supposed mm-hmm. to honor that business. Mm-hmm. Um, that same business could be the one that put resources that's yes. much needed in your community. Mm -hmm. Because we all are community. We are. Like how you say, you got to have that same energy. So my last and my final question. Well, I I have about one or two more. Sure, sure. Do you JAMA Fest, eighth year? We're going to be going to the ninth year. We're going to be going to the 10th year and beyond. Why do you feel there's a need for something like this to exist? Because we have other festivals that Mm -hmm. happen. What makes you JAMA Fest unique within itself and that makes it stand out
2: um so ujama is from the um principle of kwanzaa which mm-hmm. means cooperative, cooperative economics. economics there is so much power that the community could get just from the basic principle of cooperative economics beyond kwanzaa mm-hmm. so year round if there is really a collective community-based effort Um, we could really uh, change some things and kind of pivot where we stand financially. Mm -hmm. Um, So it is important because we are authentically talking about cooperative economics and how we partner with the small businesses that are part of the marketplace, uh, the workshops that we're offering in terms of the financial literacy piece, Uh, Even the piece that we do for the kids. um, It's great that we have the interactive art activities, but we've also had scientists come. We've also had engineers come. Um, We had the coding class the storytelling. All of that is so that our youth um, and our community can see cooperatively our talents, uh, what we're successful at. And it's exposure. Um, and so it's necessary because um, the spotlight, what we just said earlier, that there's this idea that we may have a higher uh, failure rate than our other counter- counterparts. Um, I don't know what the percentage would be in the media um, in terms of how we get exposure, but there can never not not be enough access or exposure to black owned businesses. We said... Um, we, we, we
0: trendset it. Yes. You know, so. Every
2: what every quarter there's some big corporate blow up where a corporation has to apologize <laughs> to us for a racist ad or yeah. something that's right? Because it hurts their bottom line. Yeah, it hurts the bottom line. And versus- that's why
0: and that's why, you know, it, it it gets me upset when you have individuals, and I heard this before. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want it to be known as just a black business. Yeah. Or uh, you know, I want to put a white face on it. So you think the white man ice is colder, and people gonna to gravitate to? Listen, the when you
2: business? go to a Chinese restaurant, you're very clear who owns that <laughs> space, right? And you still very, spend your money. you're very clear about who they uh, their shrine that is at their door, yeah. right? Um, the menu that is in two different languages. One Mm -hmm. is in English. When sisters go and get their nails done, they are very clear on the identity and the heritage and the culture of the people who own that business. And it's never impacted their bottom line ever. Um, I've never heard a sister or brother go into a nail shop and go, ah, I just wish she was a little less Asian, right? (laughs) That has never happened. They've never gone into a Chinese store. They've never gone into the bodega and said, "Mm, I want to spend my money. I just wish it was a little less Middle Eastern, right? Yeah. That has never happened. But we are expected to not be as authentic um, as we can. But I will say this, for 10 years of having the good hair shop, for almost 20 years of being entrepreneurs, uh, I've never had any challenge about who I am and what my identity is. And people
0: from all walks of life come in. and Yes, shop.
2: they sure do. They sure do. Even the people, if the product don't work for their hair, yes. And <laughs> uh, for the people who may have challenges, like you know, with social media, you may get a comment here or there. Um, and some of those comments are from a person who already, uh, for instance, we had this last year. We had a promotion uh, during November. It's No Shame November, and we said uh, it was BYOB. Uh, bring your own beard. You come in with a beard. You would get a free product from us, right? So and someone's so,
0: arguing about something they got you. Tweeted.
2: No, you got to hear this. You got to hear okay, this. Okay. So we I are oh, and so we start. are having this event. And there was a comment. And I had posted it social media, ran a couple of ads. And there happened to be, a, uh, I guess, a white man mm-hmm. commented and said, so is this okay for a cracker like me? Verbatim, that's what it said. And my response was if an actual cracker, whether it be saltine or the great saltine or a great value brand, <laughs> walks through my door. They can have anything that they want. But there was nothing that was uh, racially motivated from my marketing. But this person just made that assumption, right? And I can't, that customer, that person's probably someone that's not even my customer anyway. So I don't spend time on trying to convince people. Um, And I think for black business owners, you have to be yourself. If you have a Caribbean restaurant, and you got some uh, patties and some cocoa bread, you better be from one of them islands, right? (laughs) I need to authentically know that and feel that in your rice and peas, like for real, for real, right? So um, other cultures have the opportunity. If you go into an Irish pub, you're going to know where you're at. That person may have never been to Ireland. Their great, 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 great grandfather might be Irish. Mm -hmm. Um, Unfortunately, we don't get a chance to celebrate our culture and our heritage, or people are meant to feel bad about it. People um, talk about um, Ujama Fest being this Kwanzaa event. And um, people have said to us, oh, well, I can't go to um, Ujama Fest. Uh, I can't celebrate Kwanzaa um, because I'm Christian. And uh, my response wow. is, well, a couple things. Uh, one, uh, Kwanzaa is not a religious holiday. And come St. Patrick's Day, you not Irish, but you really be wearing that shirt, <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, and
2: you be yeah. drinking, so kind of have the same energy, yeah. right? And
0: then the principle, your drama, is something that the principle don't just do is one cooperative
2: day. economics. That's something that's yes, every day, all yes. day, twenty-four yes. hours yes. a day. Yes, yes. So
0: now the convetted question of
2: the day is yes.
0: Is there any more
2: vending left? <laughs> so, um, the vending is really snug right now. We start our snug. Vendor- what you mean? So, we start, you, you said earlier in the interview how thorough we are, right? Yeah. We start our vendor call. Um, we actually start our vendor call that day of Ujama Fest. There is an email that goes out to every single vendor. Yeah, um, I got that email. asking them yep, if they want to return. <laughs> I got the email when I got home. Yep, yep. That's how thorough we are, right? Uh, and then we started um, from February up until September. This year, we even introduced the opportunity for vendors to pay in installments because mm-hmm. um, we um, had a survey that was done, and that was some of the input. Um, I would say that a vendor would need to contact our festival director. Her name is Jerry. She is the one that's doing that schematic. We have two floors of vendors um, that she has to go through and place very strategically. Yeah. So I would say they would need to contact her. What is her email or the phone number you so, have? So Ujamafest at Gmail. Okay. Phone number is six seven eight six three two two five nine seven. Again, that's six seven eight six three two two five nine seven. And the email again? Ujama Fest, Ujamafest U J A M A A F E S T at Gmail All
0: right now. Tell everybody because I already know, yes. but I, I think you could probably do it <laughs> and explain it in, in in a more vivid language. Okay, City Hall.
2: Yes, we are five. five what is it? Five, five fifty-five Trinity, Trinity, Trinity Avenue. Trinity Avenue. So, in the spirit of cooperative economics. Uh, we wanted to bring our event to Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm a person, we were saying earlier, when you want to uh, make some moves, a boss talks to a boss, boss right? Absolutely. So we have this event in Atlanta and we just said, hey, let's, Let's go to the mayor's office, right? Yeah. We did that last year. They hosted us. Um, we're doing it again this year, uh, working with um, city council at large, um, Andre Dickens. He's our lead sponsor okay. for the yeah, space. Yeah, Andre. And so um, we have two floors of city hall. We have the ability, and we hope um, in another couple of years, we have the ability to do all four floors in the atrium, as well as the back part of original. Wow. We're just holding it, we're containing it right now, right? You know, you know what? So, in four
0: or five more years, I might be doing the uh, Mercedes Benz <laughs>
2: stadium. Well, we hope in four or five years we'll have our own building, mm. right? So, that's what the, the for real, for real growth and projective plan is. Um, but it's at City Hall, it's all day, it's from one to eight. It is free. It is free 99 to come, right? Free 99 to come from one to eight. Parking is um, right across the street from the atrium. It is $4 on Saturdays. You Mm -hmm. could also do a lift. You could also do, uh, what is Oh yeah, it's $4 all day. Um, You can take a lift. You can take a train. Uh, that's there. It is... Oh, you can get on a bird if you want to. Come yeah. on down there. Didn't you Last year, didn't y'all have like a lift code? We did. We had a lift code as well as we had a designated lift tent so oh, you actually you can't, actually, get, no you can't get no better than that. So you, you were lift able gold and yes. you got a lift tent. Yes. Wow. Yes. And so that was the pickup and drop off point um for Ujama Fest. But um cultural performances, youth activities, financial literacy classes. We want you as an attendee to not only um, you know, see all the good um, merchandise that we have, but we want you to walk away empowered. I want someone to walk away from attending that home buying class and really have a plan for ownership. Yeah, I'm definitely going, right? I'm
0: definitely going to. Um,
2: I really want someone to be able to go to any one of the small business classes and be able to connect with um, business owners to be able to actually get some additional uh, feedback about their product or their brand. Um, I also want the small business owners to be able to get that direct feedback from their consumers who are interested in their business Uh uh, to be able to see their products, see their service. Um, and just to be able to highlight it, uh, a lot of times when Mark and I do our vending, it's great to be able to get that immediate customer feedback and input about a product. That's a valuable resource there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, as well as it is kwanzas. So uh, it is a powerful thing to see children being intentional about spending their money with Black-owned businesses, as well as the youth seeing their tr- their parents do that. Mm. So uh, cooperative economics Eight years, it is happening. Um, we always tell the story that when we first did Ujamaa Fest, we had no intentions of it um, going on and on and being this annual thing. Mark and I do events a lot, and I had no desire to ever do another annual <laughs> event. And um, we did it the first year, um, just as a buy black during the holidays event. Yeah. Second year, we were in Florida hanging out. Um, this is kind of pre-social media, a lot of phone calls when we got back, a lot of messages. People just assumed that it would just happen the next Again, year. Yeah. So uh, when we got back, we just said, all right, let's just try it. Um, and we've been here eight years strong. And as you said, if anything happens, 10 years, it's a what? It's an Institution. institution. As an institution, so uh, we will accept that idea, that concept of being an institution, and for the future, um, setting everything up so that it could be something that um, we could pass on uh, to our daughter and just set it up so that she could be successful. Um, forward. Um, but there always has to be a start or a beginning. And so um, and hopefully it could be something that could grow to other markets and other areas. Um, there's some um, conversation about us doing um, some additional courses online for small businesses. So um, we're taking the feedback from people that are coming to the event and just want it to grow.
0: All right. You heard it here first on Necessary Blackness Podcast. If you don't make it out to this event, you're not able to Attend the workshop. You're gonna to have to probably take that online course. <laughs> yes. So make sure you come out. They got workshops, partnership, yes. networking, coding, storytelling, and everything else. You know what was uh good about the um the festival and what yes. I'm looking forward to this year. I met a sister there, right? Yes. And she's the only one. That sells this um, natural deodorant that okay. actually works. Okay. Like that was last year, and yes. I've already went through four different deodorants okay. <laughs> that don't work. Yeah, like it, yeah, it, it yeah, might yeah. work for a couple of hours, yeah, but. Yeah. This is the only sister, okay. and, I, and I wind up seeing her out, and she says she's gonna be there this good, year. Good, 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 but, good. But so yeah, now I get to get the deodorant yes. that I want <laughs> instead of using the other ones that I don't want. And yes. Half of them don't want. So yeah, um, I, met, I met a lot of um, interesting people, people nice. that recognize me nice. that I recognize that from social media that yeah. I, I haven't met. Okay. Um, so it, it was very interesting. They had a um. A Vegan demo, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. with the brother, um,
2: Methuselah, Methuselah. yes, Chef King's apron, apron yes, right? yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: So, um, I, I watched him do his thing and, and, and with, with the vegan food, so they, they got everything for everybody and something for the family, yes, so Kiyami. That's okay. You had it. Kiyomi.
2: <laughs> it's hard. It's hard when you're trying to say Kiyomi and Ujama in the same yeah. sentence. Like either one one of gonna mess, mess up. up. One's gonna mess up. Kiyomi,
0: I thank you for coming you're by. You're welcome. Thank um, you for having me. I want everybody, family, come out. And go to the website
2: out. to RSVP to get your free tickets. That's right. And y'all also on Facebook, Instagram. Yes. Make sure you yes. know about that. Yes. So follow us um, at Ujama Fest on Facebook and on Instagram. There are links everywhere on Instagram. There is a link to get your tickets. Uh, that is A M A A F. EST, that's Ujama Fest, that's on Instagram and on Facebook. There's a link um, where you get tickets, and I don't care, bring your mama, grandmama, auntie, everybody. So uh, Christmas will be the week before. So by that Saturday, you should have uh, kind of the turkey should have worn off hmm. uh, for y'all where your auntie is still eating pork. The pork, the ham has worn mm-hmm. off. So you guys should be in a good space to be able to come out uh, and learn about Kwanzaa. We do an amazing uh candle, uh, Kwanzaa libations. And our approach for that ceremony is always as if that is your first time celebrating Kwanzaa. Mm-hmm. So we explain everything, the seven everything, everything, the, seven the principles. Candles. Yep. We go down to the Kanara, to the mat, all of that stuff. So we explain everything because we do know that a lot of times Ujama Fest is a person's first time celebrating yeah. Kwanzaa.
0: And you know, um, I don't know how many years I celebrated it, but I will tell you, each year I come away learning something different. Me too. Me too.
2: Me too. Um, it's me always
0: too. a monumental moment. And yeah. anytime you could be in the same space with those that look like you, yes. and you see the genuine love yes. and brothers and sisters are spending money amongst each other. hmm You know, um, it's a beautiful thing. So I expect to see everybody there. Yes. Um in your closing words, is there anything that I didn't ask you that I should have asked <laughs> you that you want to say and leave with the people?
2: I would just say continue to support independent media. Necessary blackness is very necessary. As you see, it's in the name there. Uh, so make sure you guys are sharing this podcast with your friends and your family downloaded uh just when you guys got excited when Beyonce had them twins and you were sharing that I need you all to share the interviews uh Raheem people could go back and download interviews yes and this
0: actually this right here is actually the uh 73rd or 74th oh very uh, nice very nice very nice we're moving up there um okay we're gonna have a uh, hundred episodes. Nice. Got to do, something real big gotta do a party. yeah. Oh yeah. We got to definitely do a
2: party. We got to nice. definitely do a party, but so this we'll, we'll is host a it. We'll host it at the good hair shop. Oh yeah. We need your to. 100 we need to. session we there. Um, and I think in closing, just come out, just come out, come out, come out. It is a free event. Uh, Your children need to be there. Your grandmother that's never celebrated Kwanzaa needs to be there. Uh, Come out and see your folks and your people and um, just enjoy cooperative economics. Uh, Let it be your theme for 2019. Uh, Let it get you in a space for what your goals are for change. Um, we know that there are some uh, things that are moving in the atmosphere and the universe. Uh, and the Ujamaa Fest is a couple of days right before New Year's Eve. Uh, and we just want you guys to be in a space that we are ready. One thing that I did not add, um, we are working on this year because we all are about family, uh, finalizing a scholarship opportunity that will be given on the spot. For a high school senior. So just oh, okay. go to the website, look at that, and um yeah, go to so the We're money? doing that this year. That's just giving money away. Yeah, this year. We just a couple little things we gotta finalize. But uh a high school senior will have the opportunity oh, wow. uh, to be able to receive uh, some scholarship money on the spot.
0: You heard it right here first on Necessary Blackness podcast, so make sure you come, you network with people who started a business, built a brand, and pursued their dream. And still pursuing that dream, making it happen. And we can make it happen by going out, supporting them. Yeah. This is Raheem Shabazz with another episode of Necessary Blackness Podcast. Make sure you stay tuned to us each and every week at Wednesday, 6 p.m. Make sure you follow me directly on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at Raheem Shabazz, and make sure you support our documentary, Elementary Genocide 1, yeah. 2, and 3. And also make sure you hit that donation button. And we have the Necessary Blackness Podcast t shirts, they are back in stock. Make sure you give me an email at Necessary Blackness Podcast at Gmail and let us know your size, and we will deliver that to you pronto peace and black power family.